Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Monday, September 14th. I'm Wayne Pratt. The federal ban on evictions allows many St. Louis area residents to stay in their homes during the pandemic. But Legal Services of Eastern Missouri attorney Matthew Ampleman says African-American and Latino neighborhoods in the area will be hardest hit if the moratorium is lifted at the end of the year. We see more evictions filed in heavily minority communities that have seen discrimination through more than 100 years of city, local, state, and federal policy. St. Louis Public Radio's Andrea Henderson speaks with Ampleman about the national moratorium and what it means for the region. That's in just a few minutes. St. Louis County is set to spend $300,000 to study whether it needs all of its current physical space. As St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Lippman reports, the decision has been prompted in part by the pandemic. St. Louis County currently owns or leases more than 3 million square feet of space, but many of the buildings are old and the county no longer has the resources to maintain them. Stephanie Leon Streeter is the acting director of the county's Department of Transportation and Public Works. She says the pandemic has shown that a lot of the county's work doesn't need to be done in a physical office. With efficiencies and telework, are there properties that we can just perhaps lease a a smaller amount of space, uh, commingle work units that weren't commingled before. Firms interested in doing the study for the county must submit their qualifications by September 15th. I'm Rachel Lippman, St. Louis Public Radio. The Hancock Place School District in St. Louis County will bring students from kindergarten up to second grade back to classrooms beginning Thursday. The county's health department has made a recommendation that it's safe for schools to bring their youngest children back. Rockwood schools decided against a similar move earlier this month. The Lindbergh School District started the year with children in grades kindergarten through third coming to school two days a week. Families still have an option to keep their children home and learning virtually. With most public schools closed in the region, youth centers are expanding hours so children have a place to go during the day. St. Louis Public Radio's Ryan Delaney visited one center in the Soulard neighborhood. The Jean Slay Girls and Boys Club's Jeremy Kane says they're having the same problem many parents did in March when schools first closed. Our building is basically a cinder block, <laughs> so getting Wi-Fi through some of those uh, hardy 1950s walls has been an interesting adventure. The club has opened up to 54 kids, a quarter of their normal capacity, to be a place for students to complete their virtual lessons and get fed. 14-year-old Ming Lee Coffey says it beats working from home. It do, because in a house I'll be going insane, I feel like. Other boys and girls clubs and the YMCA also started daytime programs, and St. Louis Public Schools opened a third of its buildings as drop-in centers. I'm Ryan Delaney, St. Louis Public Radio. Family, friends, and fans have said goodbye to Lou Brock. As St. Louis Public Radio's Eric Schmidt reports, the funeral for the Cardinals legend was held over the weekend. Lou Brock was known on the field for his speed and ability to steal bases. He ended his 19-year career with 938 bases stolen and more than 3,000 hits. Friends and family remembered Brock off the field for his generosity. At his funeral, which was live-streamed Saturday, Jackie Brock said her husband's faith drove him to serve the community. Lou was always true to a promise 
and a commitment. If he said he was going to be there, he had the character of God to keep his word. Brock says her husband was determined to do all that he could when he heard of someone in need. Lou Brock died last Sunday. He was 81 years old. I'm Eric Schmidt, St. Louis Public Radio. Thousands of people facing eviction in the St. Louis region have until the end of the year to find housing and rental assistance. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention issued a national ban on residential evictions in early September to help contain the spread of coronavirus and keep more people from becoming homeless. St. Louis Public Radio's Andrea Henderson talked about the moratorium with Legal Services of Eastern Missouri lawyer Matthew Ampleman. The moratorium is very specific. It prevents landlords from taking any action to evict renters who provide a written declaration stating certain things, including that they have tried to pay rent, but they're not able to because of substantial loss of income, extraordinary medical expenses, and they must, this is really crucial, they must continue to pay what portion of rent they are able to pay. That's crucial for two reasons. They're not protected under the order unless they do that, and they must promise to do that. And number two, landlords are still able to charge late fees, and any rent that these renters don't pay will accumulate. Is there anything that the moratorium does not discuss when it comes to renters or maybe a loophole that maybe landlords can get through on? I think the most important information gap is how will the courts um, and landlords respond to this order? Um, What procedures will the courts implement to be faithful to this, number one? And number two, how do we make the public aware of the declaration and their rights? What if you have a landlord that never answers your phone calls, your emails, um, because there are some slumlords out there and they're not trying to assist people the way that, you know, some of the other landlords are um, during this time. What is it that you're supposed to do? Individuals that provide the declaration to their landlord by whatever means are protected under the law. It doesn't matter if the landlord responds or not. So if tenants deliver the material They should keep a copy of the material and they should avail themselves of the legal resources that are available to them uh, so that if their landlord does sue, they can make sure that the court is aware that they are protected because of the actions that they took. So when we're looking at the scope of the evictions in the region, what areas of town um, may see a vast amount of evictions? Well, we've mapped out evictions in St. Louis City and St. Louis County. And unfortunately, we know that evictions that have been filed during the pandemic fit the pattern of evictions that were filed before the pandemic. And that's that we see more evictions filed in low-income, heavily minority communities that have seen uh, discrimination and disinvestment through more than 100 years of city, local, state, and federal policy. And so that the individuals living in those locations 
bear the brunt of those historical inequities, but also the current eviction crisis as well, which is a huge problem. Many people are saying, you know, this moratorium will give the renters a little bit more time to try to find or seek out rental assistance. Do you think that this moratorium will give renters and mortgage holders enough time to receive assistance to help pay down any arrears? I would certainly hope so, understanding the limited scope of the financial assistance that's available right now. Across the state of Missouri, the amount of rent that we believe people are struggling to pay is about $178 million. Um, so that's two orders of magnitude greater than the assistance that's available in the city. So there's really a great amount of need out there right now. That was lawyer Matthew Ampleman speaking with St. Louis Public Radio's Andrea Henderson about the federal moratorium on evictions during the pandemic. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. From the St. Louis Public Radio newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.